Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Proper Class Podcast. I'm Laura Checkley. And I'm Hannah Chiswick. And we are of course here to celebrate all things working class because if we don't, who the bloody hell will? Hey Phil, go on, get out of my pub. That is just a little clue, listener, as to who wow. we might have on this week. Like a little clue. You're subtle. <laughs> As always, we sit down with a working class hero to celebrate their life and achievements and discuss just how they got to where they are today. Oh, I sound like I've had 50 cigarettes. So on that note, who are we celebrating this week, Law? Uh, Do you know what? I'm really excited today because I get to interview one of my oldest muckers and more importantly, they get to meet you, Hannah, the oldest of all my oldest muckers, which I'm, of course, thrilled about. (laughs) Actually, can you imagine if the two of you didn't get on and I had to like choose between the two of you? Right. Who would I choose? Who would I choose? Well, I'd choose this week's guest listeners because they are a multi-talented stage and screen actress and have been gracing our screens for nearly 20 years now. That's going to make her feel really old. (laughs) You may know this week's guests from TV shows such as The Bill, Casualty, Murdoch Mysteries, Edge of Heaven and Young, High and Dead, to name but a few. She's also made it onto the big screen too in films The Knot, Fractured, Payback Season and American Pie Presents the Book of Love. But no doubt you will know her best for playing long-standing popular character Ruby in BBC's EastEnders, which saw her nominated multiple times for Best Female Actress. She is also a super talented stage actress too, not only appearing in straight plays like The Golf and Midsummer Night's Dream and Much Do About Nothing, she's also starred in the odd musicals such as Boogie Nights and Grease playing the iconic role of Rizzo, which I actually saw. And let me tell you, Hannah, my girl, she got some pipes, girl can sing. Rizzo is literally the best part in musical theatre history as well. And dance too, it seems, because in 2006 she reached the finals of Strictly Come Dancing, which took her on a UK tour with the show. And small fact for you, listener, she is the youngest ever competitor to appear on the show. She is. Listen, I know she's my mate, but she really is a wonderful talent. And even after finding fame at such a young age, I can honestly say I've never met anyone as hungry, hardworking and as humble as she is. I guess it might be a working class route, say. Well, let's find out. So listeners, please give a very warm, proper class podcast welcome to the one-time winner of the Sexiest Female Award at the Soap Awards. It's Louisa Lytton! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, babe. 
Oh, I wish you were my agents. I'd be getting loads of work. I think we might start doing this as a job, like writing people's intros and like, do you know what I mean? I think it's quite good. The way you sold me up then, I was like, oh, God, yeah, I did do that. Just like have us wander in the room before your audition and do that and then go, and Louisa Lytton, here she comes. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Maybe drop the FHM bit. But yeah, that would be great. (laughs) I was actually thinking, so that was the FHM award, was it Sexy Female? Oh, no, that wasn't actually. God, I've just put myself right in it. That was for, yeah, the uh, like one of the... The British Show Awards, I think it so was. They, and did I was a, they do a sexiest female category. They did. They're not they allowed did, to do right. it now. No. They yeah, did. Not so much. Not so but much also, like, I was just thinking, as I, I so said young. that, were you young? Yeah, were you like 16? Yeah, yeah I was 16. Oh, and I, oh now oh, I really wish I'd take it out. Oh, no. I feel like no, I should no. take this out. <laughs> It was quite a story. My dad came with me to the awards. Like it was what, you know, my first ever soap awards. And so my dad came with me basically because I needed a chaperone. That's how young I was. And we all knew I was nominated. And like within the family, it was a bit of a joke, to be honest. Like, oh yeah, you're up against, I was up against at the time, like Roxanne Pallet and, you know, like the the sexy soap stars of that time. And and I won. And I will never forget looking up because we were sat like down the like the front rows, looking back and seeing my dad's face. He was like, like horrified. He was traumatized. He was horrified. It's like so his baby mad, girl. isn't it? Like you're nominated yeah. just so young and it's like sexualizing so women. Oh my God, that would just never happen now, would I it? I loved it at the time because I was so young and I was like, why? Yeah, um, sure. Why but not? now now looking back wrong on so many levels but it's gone now the whole award has gone yeah it's gone all together it does show you though doesn't it in a short amount of time like how that just seems so wildly inappropriate to us now like i don't think anyone would think that was appropriate now and that's only a short amount of time that that's really like tastes have changed to that level of going oh dear no a 16 year old young woman like that's just so the whole category is wrong isn't it but yeah. No, but you, I mean, anyway, anyway, it's the only soap award I won, so let me have it. <laughs> you keep it. <laughs> so, Lulu, sorry, listeners, I call her Lulu. Uh, Lulu, we um, uh, start the show each week asking our guests to take us back to a time and a place that reminds them of their working class roots. So, if you could take me and Hannah anywhere and our listeners today, where would that be? Um, I think, I mean, it's quite a, a general place, but probably back to my estate that I grew up on. Um, it, it would have to be there. I mean, there's loads of spots within that estate that yeah. I used to hang around in that I could specifically take you back to. But I loved it. I loved it so much. Where like, was, there was it? A small, it was... It was actually off of uh, Grazing Road, so no one really knows it's there. So I used to right. say, oh, yeah, right, like, I live in Holborn, and people go, oh, God. But it was actually like the council estate around the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I loved it so much, and there was, like, a small group of us, like, kids that, you know, grew up together, and we played run-outs and knocked down ginger, and, you know, we were just we basically just hung out on the estate. Like, I would, I would never let my baby do that now, but back then it was... Yeah, no. It was safe and it was the thing to do. Did you ever we play to... curbs? What was that? Did you play curbs? You probably Hannah? called it something different. So like you yeah, stand... someone else was talking about this, weren't they? But I don't know what curbs is. So you step both of you stand either side of the road on a curb and you throw the ball yeah. and you try and hit their curb so it bounces back. Oh, and then you go no. in the middle and you do a bit of oh yeah. We used to, used to we had like a football pitch, but it had like a ramp, um, like a viewing platform and a ramp. Oh. It's actually quite good. We used to go to the like the market so we were right off of Lane market and get all the fruit crates 
and we would literally race down the ramp oh, like wow. sat in like, slide down yeah yeah like literally in any weather come rain shine yeah, snow yeah. um and I was petrified of it but I had to do it to like show off to the boys um <laughs> so yeah I would I would just take you back there I, I loved it why there. why would you take us there what's what, what? It just yeah, feel... it just feels, I feel like when I was younger, I almost lived a bit of a double life. I went to Sylvia Young Theatre School. So I'd go to school and I'd be in my like poppy red jumper and my hair in plaits. And then I'd come home, eat my dinner and get changed as quickly as I could and like get out with my friends like in the estate. It was just simple mm. back then. You know, we used to, we literally used to sit in a stairwell and just talk. None of us really had any phones or you know yeah. nothing that they have today and we would just sit and chat and laugh and yeah I, I just I, I just loved it I just couldn't wait to, to to play out as you call it um yeah and hang out there as well like the older the older I got and, and did those mates in your estate did they know that you were at a stage school like yeah and what did they think of it like did they think it was a bit posh yeah they did they did think it was a bit posh um yeah, and to be honest, I didn't really show any interest in it because I don't, like, as as a kid, it's just a, a school's a school. So mm. to them, I was just at school probably like anybody else was at school. Um, it was more my school friends that were fascinated with the fact that I lived in an estate and what's it uh, like? I think they I think they thought there was loads of, like, violence there and crime and, yeah, you know. Yeah, Because they, yeah. Well, they because ultimately had, at stage schools, there's a lot of, you know, kids that have got money, aren't they? Because, you know, yeah. most of the time you have to pay that. How did you guys, how did your parents afford that? Uh, question. Um, they had a lot, of, well, to be honest, they worked their absolute, like, backsides off to get me through it. Um, I originally auditioned for a scholarship and didn't get one. And then I, but they offered me a, a you know, a place there anyway. And they just worked as hard as they could to get me through. And we had a lot of help from family. So, like, my grandparents were would sort of help out as and when they could. Yeah, and I guess we... It was their sole focus was to get me through that school. And wow. honestly, I don't know how they... I don't know how they did it. And then I guess you did. must have got work along the way and that would have helped as well, wouldn't it? Because I know yeah. a lot of kids that went to stage school, their, their parents would end up... If the kids worked, they'd just end up using that money that they'd earned to pay back the fees and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. And... And that's why for me, like getting EastEnders at 15 while still there, God. it just felt like it they, they, It all felt like it was worth it. Yeah. For me, I was like, I know they've put me through this and they've really worked hard. And, you know, I, I, we probably missed out on holidays and things like that. But once I landed that job, it was I could almost pay them back. I mean, I didn't at 15, but, you know, right, like yeah. within my life now, I've managed to sort of give back because you know they they got me they got me through that school and look what I've ended up to do how did you start performing at all like were you just going to like dance classes local dance classes or did you yeah how did that even start before you got to Sylvia's yeah so I'm an only child so growing up I think my mum and dad sent me to exactly that dance classes on a Saturday just to you know get me around other kids to start building yeah. up my confidence as a person and I loved it I absolutely loved it and I auditioned for yeah Sylvia Young and Italia Conti because that was near to where I used to where we used to live. And did you know about those places because the dance school presumably told you oh, you, you should try here or is that how you knew yeah, about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I start eventually I did classes at Italia Conti on a Saturday right, as a kid. Right. Um, and it sort of, yeah, it come from there. But it's so strange because no one in my family's in the industry. Like there was, there's no background of it. There's no, you know, experience of it. And 
yeah, I guess they just sort of, I don't know, they just went along with, with the rides and then I got the place at the school and then it was a bit of a moment of, yeah, well, we've got to get her through this yeah. now, you know. Did you feel like, I know like a lot of my friends that, you know, their parents got them through drama school because they weren't fortunate enough to get a scholarship, but they like, I've got friends of their mate, their parents like remortgaged their houses, like sold everything just for their kids to go or their kid to go to drama school, performing arts school. Did you feel that, like you were saying, when you got EastEnders, you were really relieved? Have you felt that responsibility to go, I must keep going and be successful in this industry because they, they sacrificed so much at the time? Yeah, to be honest, I was never, ever made to feel that way at the time. There no. was never a moment at the time that I even knew that they were, that it was, you know, a, how can I put this? I appreciated that it was obviously a big deal for me to go to that school, but yeah. I was never made aware, to be honest, of, of how they actually did it. Yeah, of course. Um, they sort of, you know, they just wanted me to enjoy myself. And it's school. You still got to, you know, they yeah. still wanted me to concentrate on my education and all the rest of it. I guess now as an adult, I can look back and go, you know, I'm not sending my kids to private <laughs> school with those fees. So yeah. it's, it's it now I think, you know, it's, and now I saw probably have the pressure a lot more of you know I want to continue to succeed to to just feel like it was all worth it yeah when you you talked before about like living a bit of a double life and um was that a comfortable thing did you feel out of place when you first got to Sylvia Young's or was it not really a a class thing it was more a talent thing or how did that all feel oh it's a weird one I think that there were certain moments that we had like speech classes at school and the teacher absolutely hated me because I I li- I literally used to speak like this like I, I was so cockney it was when I look back at like home videos of me I say to my mum why did you let me speak like that Aww. um yeah so there were definitely moments where I would have you know felt uncomfortable but I don't think as a young kid I was aware of class and I don't think I was to be honest I don't know if I was even aware of it you know I'd go around to some of my closest friends houses and they have massive houses and loads of money and I just walked in like you're right like I just I just wasn't phased by it all do you think that's to do with your upbringing and your parents outlook because it sounded like they were just like let's just you know like they've got a positive outlook yeah why why can't you be there why can't you be you know part of this school and that yeah. is the truth. And did you grow up in a flat? You said you're on a council estate. Did you? Is that where you grew up in a flat? Was it? Yeah, grew up in a flat. Um, I always lived in a flat. Yeah. Um, I now live in a house, which is really weird for me. Like yeah. buying a house, I was like, oh my god, I've got a garden. Like, I know it's mad. <laughs> and then I never had a garden. I and then, yeah, I've got stairs. I know. Um, it's funny when people go, "What do you want?" I was like, "I just love some stairs. I'd love an house. Yeah. I've lived in a flat my whole life. I'd love a yeah, <laughs> love, yeah, love yeah. some fucking stairs." <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like to... I'll get you a stepladder for your birthday. <laughs> yeah. So how was, um, I know obviously you are at Sylvia's, how was, uh, I, I can't imagine, I should, I should imagine you were performing a lot, but were you academic? Did you find uh, that was hard or how did you, yeah, how was school for I, you? I loved, to be honest, I loved school. Um, I was in, yeah, I was in like top classes, Um I was, I loved it. We had three days a week of academic classes and two days of what they call vocational. So like your drama, your singing, your dancing. Um, and it actually felt like it was enough. Mm. It, I never felt like I was behind or needed to do like any extra classes or anything. But no, my my academic didn't struggle, to be honest, even though we had sort of less, less time than yeah. I guess most schools. 
Um, but I loved school, so I would really put the work in. This is a conversation I think we should be having more because when I, I used to, when I used to teach a lot, I used to go into normal comprehensives. Um, when I say normal, I mean non-performing art comprehensives, and we do like a Monday of like performing arts, a bit of drama for them, and 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 ever since that school got that us group of teachers in teaching and doing dance and the kids having an outlet their their grades and concentration went up throughout the week yeah, and there's a lot to yeah. be said with arts and yeah. giving the kids a bit of outlet to just release and emote and it's a release yeah yeah so do, do you think it's um yeah do you think it's important that there that there is sort of arts and um, dance and a drama in schools do you think that will help and aid the sort of academia side of things I think I think so because in my experience there was no chance to be sort of complacent or bored or because we had like three days a week we had to like cram that work in and then you knew at the end of the week is the way they did it on the Thursday and the Friday you knew you had something exactly that that there was there was less pressure and you could you could you know let your hair down and I mean, but I loved it. So maybe this, it shouldn't necessarily just be art. It could be more sport or just mm, more yeah, a physical the, yeah. activity that, that can, you know, get your adrenaline going and your endorphins and all of that. Yeah. I think it is so important. So you got into EastEnders 15, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's so young. <laughs> and yeah, also I'm at so that young. time... EastEnders was huge, wasn't it? Not that it isn't now, but it was huge. It was like there wasn't a, a, as many channels. It was at a peak time, wasn't it, EastEnders? So you're like, it was stratospheric, the fame that happened for you, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was massive. There was mm. no, Back then, there was no reality TV. As you just said, there wasn't the channels that, that we have today. We mm. were... We were like the Love Island stars of today yeah, for the kids, were, if that makes were, sense. Yeah. And I remember we... I aired on the Friday, I think I was only in two scenes, and on the Saturday I went to Primark with my mum, I think my auntie, and I was hounded, like wow. overnight, wow. it was overnight fame. And my mum says, I don't really remember it, but my mum says, I was like, I want to go home, and I wanted to get out there and get home straight away. Yeah. So it, it clearly affected me. Has anyone sort of prepared you for it? No. Looking back, no, there was, I might have had like a, a conversation with someone at EastEnders, but I don't really remember. Um, but there wasn't the, yeah, you've got, you back then you had no idea what, what was to come. And, mm. you know, I was, I was so young and mm. I still wanted to play out on my estate and go yeah. up the road to McDonald's and just do all these normal, what was normal to me at 15. But my mum and dad were petrified because all of a sudden they're, young baby I was a baby still yeah. was like catapulted into it was it was like overnight fame and we'd have we'd have like vans with like paparazzi sat in the estate it was like this wow. is absolutely nuts yeah. um yeah I think it was it was a very different time I think if I'd have gone into the show now like just now it would have felt like another acting job whereas back then it felt like this is life changing because it was it was like it pop was. star fame, fame weren't it back yeah, then yeah I remember then. it and, and yeah, I remember you so clearly in it because you know I was obsessed with EastEnders growing up and stuff but it's weird isn't it because that first time you went in it the first slot 
obviously yeah. you've been back in it recently yeah. but you were only in it for correct me if I'm wrong like three years is it four years Less, and then you left that year and a half yeah so but everyone still like decades later everyone remembers you from back yeah. then that shows you how huge the show was back, the show was. back then and that you were remembered because how long was the gap when you just went in it Reese back when you went back recently like 16 years something like that yeah and it That's felt it. like you'd never been away do you know what I mean it's yeah it's it's a yeah it's it's, it's a mad thing isn't it yeah it, it is and I you know it I don't want to say I don't want to say it like oh what a terrible thing to have happened to me because it wasn't it was amazing I'm you know I was so lucky to get that job yeah. it did it changed my life but looking back it really affected me um you know I became quite I was just super aware in any social situation even now like we'll we'll go to I don't know a wedding or something with new people and I get like social anxiety and that is from yeah. being 15 and not Followed being able to walk into a room bands, yeah yeah whereas now no one cares you know <laughs> it's it's a different but it that stems from that stems from yeah back then but also sense. when you're 15 the last thing you want to do is stick out that's like that you just want to that's a big thing of being 15 isn't it fitting in being amongst your friends not having anything that particularly makes you yeah different, different. or unusual yeah. it's a very uncomfortable anxious making period of time in anyone's life yeah and for that to happen overnight how did um the people on your estate react to it how did they change towards you what was the not really no um like my friend still stayed my friend I mean eventually it was it was great when we all got to 18 we'd get to go to all the nightclubs for free and sure you know like we just sort of, we just sort of you know we all milked ran off it. to perks we milked it we absolutely <laughs> milked it for all it was worth um but no 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 one no one really did and even still now because like my nan lives uh not on the estate but around the corner so I even if I'm walking through there now I'll still have people saying oh how are you working like so you've had a baby like it's I felt safe I felt really safe there and that's why it's the place I would take you back to because it's like my safe place I guess yeah and it's amazing isn't it and and also that it's still important to you yeah to remember that because it's very easy when you get famous and have success to sort of forget or you know people have preconceived ideas that we might want to forget or run away from that place yeah and when actually it's often the opposite and you go back and go, oh, God, I feel like me again. Yeah, yeah, it's home. It's home. Yeah, you feel like you again. It's home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So what happened, I mean, obviously I know this, but after EastEnders, talk talk me through what happened um, because... You and I have spoken many for many years, a decade almost, about yeah. the snobbery attached to being in a soap and how hard that is to make the transition beyond soap actor. Yeah. Um, did you go directly straight on to Strictly after EastEnders? Was that just offered to you? Yeah, so I did Strictly and I absolutely loved it. It was the best thing I've ever done. I can't tell you. you were 16 it. then, right? I was, I just turned seven. I think I turned 17 on the show. Well, I was oh, 17. So young. But it was amazing. It was, you know, it was, again, it was so, it's it's huge now, that show. And actually back then, I don't think it was as big. Um, it was more fun. It wasn't the... the yeah. pressure you get now. Yeah. It wasn't so intense, the pressure, the sort of, um, the attention that the, that the contestants get now, you know, in the media and all stuff like that. I don't really think it was, I don't really remember. But again, I think because I was so young, I just took yeah. it all in my stride. Yeah. You know, like... All of these things were just like, oh yeah, it was, yeah. Just saw the, I just saw the joy in it all, and then from there, I went straight into the bill, which, That's right, yeah, yeah. Which looking back, I mean, I was eighteen at the time, so technically I could have been a you police officer. You did look really young looked... in that police outfit. I was like, what is this child doing, yeah. protecting? I looked so young, and I Google Louisa in the bill because she literally does look like a child in like, like in a police uniform. So, and you still look young now. You still look about nineteen, twenty now. But yeah, you looked so young, didn't you? I looked so young when I left because I I decided to leave after a few years. They got me like a toy kids police car as my like leaving <laughs> present. <laughs> And how was the bill? Was that because the bill was really big as well back then? You know, yeah, it was the same thing. All these shows were were bigger back then because we simply didn't have as many as many yeah. channels, so not as much was being made. Yeah, and yeah, and it was great. And again, I played like a young London, you know, basically like a working class character. And I think from there is where I started to think, mm, you've really got to be smart with what job you choose next because. You know, the bill at the time was, I know it's like a long running drama, but we they had quite a lot of ex-soap yeah. actors at the time yeah. in the show that I was there. Um, and that was quite apparent. And then I just found it, I found it really hard after that. I guess that's, this is what you wanted mm. me to talk about. Because obviously I needed to work. You know, I was still living at my mum's. you can't go and work in a 
a bar because everyone knows who you are. You get hounded. Like it's it's really tricky situation. It was situation, a really isn't it? weird situation to be in. And I, you know, over the years, I've had loads of other jobs. You know, I'm not proud. Well, there's nothing. There's nothing for me. You know, I'm just a normal yeah. person that needs to get by and needs to work. Um, but it's hard because you are. You feel like you're being watched to see what opportunities or what jobs you take next. But so you can sort of break out of the box. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you love what you do and you just want to work. So I have done jobs in the past that I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's helped or tarnished or, or if it, you know, what, what it's done career wise, but you've got to pay your bills. Yeah. And you've got to take, you've got to take the work, you know, where it comes. I think when I think a lot of people think when you're on telly, that's it. You've got like you're a millionaire all of a sudden. Yeah. And it really doesn't work like that because it's like it's years. If you're if you're not working for a whole year, that money's whittling down and whittling down. And yeah. and and if you have been without nothing before, the fear is always like, oh fuck me, it's going to go. It's going to go. I have that go. fear constantly now, and I'm in yeah. a very privileged position, and I'm very thankful. But my, I, I constantly worry about it running out. So it you must have been out. the same. And did you, you know, you were saying you weren't really aware of your class, obviously, when you're at Sylvia's and stuff. And did you start to become aware of your class when you were trying to get other jobs beyond the bill and stuff? Because yeah, you're saying 100%. I was getting a lot of working class characters. Yeah. And But I, I want to talk about that, the cor- correlation between sort of doing a soap or like the bill, which is sort of like soap, isn't it? to to doing these that sort of fancy dramas and and this sort of hierarchy and this sort of oh you know that soaps are looked down upon aren't they and that is a truth because you have experienced that and you and I've had that conversation yeah where there is a snobbery attached isn't there well I say there is and sometimes I think I'm <laughs> using it as an excuse no, but to is. me to me there is and the only way I can like back it up is I have not been seen for a period drama in this country I have worked since I was 15 years old. Mm. You know, I have not been seen for, there's so many things or so many casting directors that have not seen me in the 20 years that I've been going. Because they think they know what you do. Because they think they know what I do. They, they, they think they know my work, I guess. And sometimes I think, but you don't, because I've never been given the opportunity to show you anything different. Now, if I had left sometimes, I think, if I had left EastEnders and I did all my interviews and I spoke really well and da 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 would I have been seen in a different light moving forward? I think so. I, f- I feel I like don't if, know. I don't know. What's your opinion on that, Hannah? Obviously, you're a director, so, Hannah, you know, like... Why, why are you not casting me, Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> I talk like this. I'm not the person you need to persuade. The, um, I think... Uh, I do think that's true. There's definitely a snobbery about soaps, but I don't think it's just about soaps. I think it's a bigger thing that we have in this country and it like permeates all areas of our society and it, we are so class, caught up in class, so we're deeply yes, suspicious. Yeah. And I think, for example, I went for an artistic director's job when I was very young and in the meeting they asked me what I did. Uh, it was with a big board of... Um, interviewers and they asked me like well Hannah like you're still young yourself like what do you do when you want to relax like you seem like really driven what do you do when you want to relax and I said oh well I never miss the EastEnders omnibus like that's what I never miss and they went what do you really do and I was like oh 
You don't mm. think that I can be a theatre director and have come here and spoken to you about Shakespeare and Chekhov and, you know, and uh, all of these different things I love, but you don't think that is possible to understand that work, love that work, have a passion for it and also watch EastEnders. People don't think it's possible to be... Uh, for me, for example, like I directed one after another, Flashdance and then Mother Courage, which Laura was in. Just to be clear, Laura was in uh, Mother Courage, not Flashdance. I, I did come to see it. I did come to see it. <laughs> yeah. I saw Mother Courage, you did, yeah. I just yeah, love yeah, the idea of you being in Flashdance, Laura, giving it the whole... <laughs> but You know I'd give it a go. I'd love to do that. I would literally love it. But honestly, people are so, so suspicious of that because they, it, it just doesn't fit in our box and it's not just about art is it it's about everything that we think here like you know it, you're not supposed to want to go to have a michelin star meal but also not mind a kfc people mm-hmm. fucking hate it because it just yeah. doesn't fit so i definitely think that was very long-winded but i think it's absolutely about soaps but it's just so much part of everything people yeah. just want people to stay in one place yeah and not push boundaries or but I think that is changing. I do think that's changing. It is, I was just going to say, it is changing. And I've got a lot of friends that have, have managed to do it. So that's what I mean by I don't want to sit here and sort of say, well, this is why I haven't done X, Y and Z. No, no, But no, in course. my experience, I do sometimes think, why haven't I been seen for that brunette role on my screen that's, you know, I, I don't know if it, if I am right, but I think the ma- the majority of people in my position would probably be saying the same. There are a handful, and especially now, of people that are breaking outside of the box and going on to do amazing, wonderful things. So hopefully that snobbery, if you want to call it that, is, is changing. Also, we work bloody hard. Like, yeah. the hardest I've ever worked is on a soap. Yeah, you know the hours that the amount that you there's the, literally the sim, the pages that you shoot in a day is is like triple yeah. what I've done on on other jobs. I mean, obviously, you've that's a similar thing that I always find really weird because people often say to me, "God, you've put a lot of musical theatre actors in plays, haven't you?" And I think, what does that even mean? That's such a yeah. weird thing to say for a start. But there is a real snobbery again, like the theatre version of what you're talking about is like a snobbery towards musical theatre. And you think, well, why would that be? You've actually got to have a wider skill set for musical theatre than you have for, you know, a, what a straight plays or whatever nonsense that means. But there is a, the, and I, the only thing that you can sort of go is at the root of that is that it's popularist it isn't about the Mm skill set because the skill set is wider it's just Mm -hmm. about the fact that like average people enjoy it and that something about that is then somehow less valuable it's like like admitting you like reality telly isn't it if you sit and go you know i watched you know married at first sight or whatever really do you like yeah, I fucking do, and I love it. And what's wrong with that? Yeah. And then I'll go to a pinter play next week. How'd you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Lou, do you feel like I know now? You've you've um, recently had a bubba, and she's gorgeous, yeah. and you're recently married, and life's a bit calmer for you now, isn't it? And and I know you've not long been out of EastEnders again. How did you find EastEnders second time round? How was that? Yeah, it's just, just so different. You know, the first time I went in, as I said, we had, you know, like we had the matriarchs there. We had Barbara Windsor and oh, God, Wendy amazing. Peters. Oh, it was, it was, you know, it was, and I learned everything there. It was wonderful. I yeah. worked with Billy Murray, you know, every single day for a year and a half. Um, and he was like my mentor in a way. 
so yeah, going back, going back just felt really, again, I've already said this about my estate, but felt like going back home. Mm. It was, it was just so nice to walk back in the building and there were so many of the same faces, but I was an adult, you know, I've gone, yeah. I've gone back, I've worked for all these years and I've sort of come back and I've got more, I've got more life experience so I can bring more to the show and mm. bring more to the character and all of those things. Um, yeah. And it is a different, it's a different time now, isn't it? So it's, again, it, it's a job. It's, it didn't feel like there was no added pressures of, of all the other things that, that came with it last time around. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like that this time around. Um, which was really nice because at this time in my life, exactly that having a baby, you know, me and Ben were planning a wedding. I couldn't have imagined having that same, like anxiety or social pressure, like, you know, pressures that I had the first time around. So it worked, it worked quite well, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Isn't it? I've got a few mates that had success very early on in their life and now they're sort of having a bit more normality. And how is it that way round? Because I've just always just been like struggling to get up there, and I've sort of like my final latter thirties, you know, started to really make waves, and like you know, it's just take me that long. So I don't know what it would be like to have all that, and then to sort of, yeah, I know it's peaks and troughs anyway, but it's like, is it a nice thing because you know what it was like, and you're like, oh, it's not so great as we make out, and yeah, it's it's so weird. Like initially, it was lovely to not have the the pressure or the worry mm. every single night when you got in bed of when am I next going to get a job when am I going to get an audition how am I going to pay for my rent because it was like no I'm having a baby that's my sole purpose in life now um and I've managed to pretty much take a year off like she's a year old now and I'm slowly going back to work and you know that that is because I was in EastEnders just before yeah. otherwise I would never have been able to take a year off of work no. so I'm I'm fortunate it's a different kind of pressure now. You know, now I have a child to look after. Now I now I can only take certain work because I don't want to be away and I don't want to be touring. And It's good so though. It'll make you choosy, won't it? It'll make you go. Yeah, it'll make me choosy. But also I've got like more people to, to yeah, fend for. I know. You know, yeah. I've, got, I've got to buy those nappies. Yeah. So it's a less selfish or less like self-centred yeah. way of like of, of of putting pressure on yourself I guess now it's about us as a family and what's going to work for us as a family moving forward uh yeah but life has definitely slowed down it, it has to you know yeah. the, in the times where I'd have been sat there checking my emails every 10 minutes I'm I'm busy running after her so it's it's yeah it's, it's, it's helped I guess it's a good leveler, a good leveler. Yeah, of course right, it is right. yeah of course it is nothing else matters now but her you know do you I mean obviously you've had Loads of success. I know you'd be like, oh, I haven't really. You have. You've had, <laughs> you have. You've had loads of success. You know, uh, anyone, so many actors would dream to be in, in, in EastEnders and The Bill and all the other brilliant things that you've done. Because you've had like, you've had that sort of privilege from quite early on, do you still feel working class? Like, do you think it's something that you grow up with that you're, you know, your parents are obviously working class I guess what I'm trying to say is now you've got so much privilege, you've got money or you're comfortable in a way. Do you still very, have you always felt connected to your working class roots? Do you, would you consider yourself working class? Yeah, 100%, absolutely through and through. You know, you, you could take me anywhere. You could take me to Hollywood. Um, that's who I am. This yeah. is who I am. You know, this is what's grounded me. This is what's 
this is how you know this is how I I guess I've I've I have managed to sustain and keep going because I, I am, I'm grounded. I've got a lot of people around me that will always keep me in my place and, you know, make sure I don't sort of go off with the fairies and believe in the, believe in the oh, hype yeah. as such. And I honestly think that is why I'm still in the position I'm in. I never got involved with, you know, the wrong people or the wrong types of things or, you know, all the so rest of it. That can happen when you get fame very early on and, you yeah, know, it's too and much. Yeah, and I never did. And I never did. And I do think that I'm, I'm still really grounded because of where I'm from, yeah. you know, and your parents, and the as people well. I've still, yeah. and my parents, and the people that I've still got around me, and and I guess the truth is, you always like what you were saying about like you've got your money pot, so you do an amazing job, you know. I'm not going to go out there and spend that money like it's going to come in no. the next year. You sort of hold on for dear life because you think, oh my god, say I never work again, and yeah, and even course. and all of all of those thoughts. Because but I think also, come, it's really real, Lou. We might not work again, <laughs> you know, yeah. like people go to yeah. me, you haven't stopped. I've just spent the last year out of work. Yeah, I've no. done nearly a whole year out of work and people go, you haven't stopped. And like, I've had a great couple of years, but it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not easy. It's two, it's four rungs up, two down. It's never straightforward unless you hit the big time and you carry on chasing it and whatever. But it's not yeah. like that. When you're a jobbing actor, it is up and, and down. That's up what down, we are. down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And I think that's what, as you said, that's what gets like misconceived. That's where people get confused. It's not a ladder. It's not stepping stones. It's, it is a whirlwind. Um, and I think, yeah, the reason I've managed to keep going is because I'm, because I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I've had a few reality checks, I guess, along the way. And I guess it goes back to, I know how hard you know, my mum and dad worked to get me here. So that's always what keeps me going. And also it's a work ethic thing, isn't it, as well? I've always thought, you know, people sometimes say, why did you take that job or this job? And I'm like, well, that's the one that was offered to me and I have to pay my mortgage. Like, it's not to say, that's not to be disrespectful to the job or, no. or to, to be no. like, oh, I'm not grateful for that opportunity. But it's only now, honestly, I've been a director since I was 21, which is, you know, equally a bit ludicrous so I've been director for like 20 years it's only now that I suddenly go now do I want to career-wise do that or should I but that's like really really new like so so new most of my career has just been like thank god just as we're about to drown someone offered me a show and that's why <laughs> yeah. I said yes yeah yeah and, and I don't feel bad about that I don't feel that makes the work any lesser or I just it's my job mm. and that's the job I do and if I didn't do that job I'd have to do another job yeah. So that's why I do yeah, it because no. I have to work. And... and it's so funny, isn't it? Because in any other industry, no, you're not going up to that woman on reception going, "Why are you working on reception?" Because you, you know, you're not, you don't question anyone else in any other really walk of life. You yeah, don't walk into your Sainsbury's reception. Yeah, exactly. You just don't do it. Yeah. So um, it comes with the job, though, doesn't it? Everyone can have sort of like pick at you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many stories. My my old comedy partner, Victoria Bush, she was in Bad Girls for years, as you both know. And My favourite, my favourite. And she, um, when she came out of it, she struggled and um, she was working on reception at something and she said to me, I'm really fucked, I need some money. And I went, listen, I'm working front of house at a theatre. They need some people. Do you want to come sell some ice creams? So she did. She's not work shy as me. I'd do it. Everything ended tomorrow. I'm cleaning bogs. I'm clear. I'm not. I'm not afraid of that. I am afraid of losing the money that I've worked hard for and the position I'm in. But I'm not. Also, I'm. I'm all a bit like, well, if it happens, it happens. I've coped before. But I remember yeah. she was selling ice creams, and this woman recognised her, and she was like, "Oh, are you um, 
think her name was Tina from the kitchens of Bad Girls. And she said, oh, oh, were you, were you in Bad Girls? And Vix went, oh, yeah, hi, hi, can I get you something? She was like, what are you doing selling ice creams? You're on the wrong side of the stage, love. Oh, and it was just God. like, and it's fine because people don't understand because they think when you get a telly job, that's it, you made. That's it. You're a millionaire yeah. and that's that. But it's 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 not. If you, you don't work for two years or three years and the money's running, you know, and it's there. Of course, it's wonderful to have. It's it's not badly paid. It's not what I'm saying. But we yeah. go, we have very lean times. So, But those people who don't work, who haven't had to do that, again, it's another class. It's another form of classism, really, because... That's because the majority of people who've got big roles in TV, film, theatre for a long, long time were people who already had money yeah. and didn't have to work. So, yeah. yes, you don't see those people in the co-op. You don't see those, but they didn't need to be in the co-op anyway. To begin so with. the more yeah. people who are breaking through from working class backgrounds, the more likely you're going to see someone. You know, we've all seen those horrible stories of like, so-and-so off this programme. I can't remember it was. It was oh, some yeah. dude who was in Grange Hill back in the day, poor fella. And he was yeah. working now. He was a kid actor. And now he owns a key cutting business. Good for him. And people were like, what on earth has happened to him? It's terrible. I, thought, I hate that. I've well, always nothing, hated that when they do that. So bad, He's it? a good man providing for his family. Like, family, yeah. Like, So we finish up the show asking our guest uh, if there's anyone that they would like to celebrate, a working class hero of theirs. If um, if you could celebrate anyone today, who would that be for you, Lou? It would be my dad. I mean, my mum would be really upset because she always says I'm a daddy's girl. So you too, mum. It would be my, my dad. He he has got me where I was today. Like When I think back, he... You know, was working all hours, but would still manage to take me to all my auditions and make sure that I was, you know, always at school on time. And and he's always been both of them. I don't know why I'm saying my dad and not my mum. That's actually quite mean. They've just been so supportive throughout, whilst juggling jobs and you know, God knows what to to sort of push me through. Mm. Um, and also, he's just like the nicest person on the planet no matter what sort of been thrown at us you know as a family or he's just yeah just the nicest hard-working person what what does your dad or did he do for a living he's an electrician he's still an electrician now it's a good trade he works being an electrician isn't it it's a good trade yeah yeah Yeah, he's a good trade yeah 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 but he just works so hard and yeah yeah he does so much for us even now as a family you know with the baby yeah 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 and so what's your dad's name alan Alan. Yeah. So Louisa Lytton, we are celebrating you as well as your dad, Alan. Alan Lytton, I take it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're celebrating the two of you today. Babe, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so it's much. It's been for so amazing. Like thank you so session, much. Isn't it? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I'm chuffed that you two have finally met. I can't believe you haven't met already. Decade, I've been mates with her nearly. I know. And the, I feel like maybe you're trying to keep us apart, Law. Maybe you're scared that we'll like each other more than we like you. Suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fantastic, fantastic woman. Loved her, obviously. I knew I would. Uh, but just, uh, just so, what, I don't know. I just find that such a, I don't know what the right word is. It's almost like, um, 
heartwarming story that she's on her estate. She's 15 years old. She's mm. like got this huge break. And yet, you know, she's still so utterly connected to where she comes from and, and, and could have so the people easily, she grew up with. Yeah, and could have so easily been the opposite, couldn't it, with, you know, all that success so young. She could have easily gone off the rails and all of that. Totally. Um, and be- because at the time, like we said, it was huge. It was massive. And, you know, it's huge superstardom for her. And um, ever since I've known Lou, she's always been feet firmly on the ground. And, you know, it's very much to do with her family, but very much to do with her outlook and how important her roots are to her and how important yeah. it is that she stays connected with that. She's never, ever been show busy and above her station. I've, that's, why, that's why we gravitated towards each other. And I'm so glad that she got to talk and yeah and um i hope you found her story inspiring in some way um and yeah that's it for this week doing anything exciting this week now han uh am i doing anything exciting uh yeah i'm off to uh do the school run and put my car in the garage so rock and roll listeners lovely rock and roll how about you law I'm just going to take the dog out for a walk, actually. He's pacing here. I think he needs a poo, so... Oh, lovely. We'll leave you with that, listener. We'll leave you with that. Always keeping it classy, as always. Join us next week, guys. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep it classy. The Proper Class Podcast is produced by Michelle Farscott for Rangaby Productions, edited by James Torrance, with music by Tommy Music. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Spread the word. Tell your friends, neighbours, whoever will listen. We've also got an Instagram page. Ooh, get us. And you can follow all the news and goss at the Proper Class Podcast. And if you haven't nodded off yet, we've also gone and got ourselves an official email. So do get in touch. The email is properclasspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, folks. And remember, keep it classy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.